The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. everybody excuse me uh this is jimmy kemsky from bleeding not from bleeding redation i work for philly voice brandon lee galton once upon a time (laughs) from bleeding redation uh is here with me and we are recording episode number 294 of bgn radio we're gonna get to some eagles news we'll profile eagles giants uh ahead of their sunday night sunday afternoon matchup and then we'll make our picks, as we always do at the end of the week here. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Jimmy, I have to tell you about our presenting sponsor before I get into how I'm feeling. So everyone wait with bated breath to hear that answer before, uh, or sorry, after I tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It is the place to go when betting on the NFL this holiday season. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 5QUESTIONS. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 back in free bets if they they do. That's code five questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And state-specific responsibly gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. P- deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football. Terms. I'll give it a B plus again. Uh, oh, do you have no. to do that on the other podcast too? The NFC East one? <clears throat> no, it's just for this one, Jimmy, which is also okay. brought to you by Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. I'll keep this one simpler. Righttosellin.com. Discount code BGN20 right now for 20% off the best snacks you can get. And also, okay. Jimmy, to answer your question, I'm doing just great. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Eagles got Jordan Davis back from injured reserve last week. And then this week, they are poised to get Fonte Maddox back from injured reserve. We won't find out if that's official until Saturday at 4 o'clock. 
Eagles At wait the until latest, then yeah. to, to actually uh, promote those guys from injured reserve back to the regular roster. But they did activate the 21-day practice window for him to return. Uh, next week, they will be uh, Dallas Goddard will be eligible to return from IR. He seemed to think that he will indeed be ready when his time is 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 here, um, which is good news, of course. I think this return of Avante Maddox is actually kind of a big deal because yeah. <laughs> you know each of the last four weeks, uh, teams have picked on Josiah Scott with mm-hmm. their best receiver. They put their best receivers in the slot uh, and and sort of tried to basically fabricate matchups against him, and they had success with it. Now Josiah Scott wasn't necessarily. Um, a disastrous liability. Right. Um, I thought he was okay, fine-ish. Relative but certainly teams, yeah. Teams looked to attack him, and they did so. so even the Titans, like the the one big yeah. play that they had in that game uh, was against him with, with Traylon Burks. So uh, the return of Avante Maddox, who may be a little bit of an underrated player here, here in Philadelphia, uh, has had some injury issues over the years, but when he's healthy, he's good. Um, and, yeah, he'll be a big return to a – Secondary that, by the way, Brian Dable today uh, said that Darius Slay and uh, James Bradbury are the best cornerback duo uh, in the NFL. And then when you add Maddox to that group, who, in my opinion, is one of the best slot corners in the NFL, I mean, it's just going to be all that much harder for teams to pass on the Eagles. Uh, we'll get to this later, of course, but the Giants are one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. So, you know, we had mentioned on the last podcast that – Maybe don't rush Maddox back and uh, maybe don't play him as much as you normally might uh, in in a game down the stretch here. Uh, let him kind of ease back in perhaps because his injury is a hamstring. So those tend to linger. Uh, so if he's not really like absolutely 100%, don't need to push it with him. But certainly a, a good news uh, for the Eagles that he's back. I definitely think that's where uh, the practice window can kind of come in handy with him in terms of you could actually get to evaluate how he does in practice this week. Mm-hmm. And that's something you probably kind of need to see before you activate him as opposed to a Dallas Goddard, the nature of his shoulder injury. He probably is like confident in predicting he'll be back because he can feel it's healing and he'll be good. It's not like he needs to like go out and practice and like test the shoulder. You know, he, he feels ready to play. He'll be good. Whereas Maddox mm-hmm. might need a little bit more of a, you know, a testing period to see if he indeed will be ready. I do think the Eagles waving Andre Sachere, who has nickel corner background experience in addition to playing safety and special teams. That seems to be kind of like a positive indicator to me that they feel like Maddox is trending in a right. good direction. Right. They brought Sachere back on the practice squad. If they want to sign him back to the roster, if they need to, I feel like Maddox isn't ready. They really can. They can't temporarily ele- elevate him because they've already done that three times this year. Um, Although I guess they can, but then he goes to waivers, whatever. Uh, in any case, uh, Maddox allowing just a 77.5 pass rating when targeted this year, Jimmy. So pretty good. By contrast, Josiah Scott allowing a 107.9 pass rating. So certainly a significant downgrade and, and would be good for the Eagles' sake to get Maddox back. We are the, recording this, by the way, on Thursday morning. Did you you saw that Sashray's back, right? They signed him back me, to the practice. It's one fifty in the afternoon. Oh, it's not and the also. Morning? I just oh. said that. Also, I just it's said the, they brought him back on the practice squad. You, oh, you I didn't fool. hear you say that. I I I, I thought you said that. 
I don't know what I it's guess what fine. you said after that seemed to make me think that you didn't know that he had signed back to the practice squad. Anyway, whatever. No, you did. <laughs> it's but also, also it's not the morning. Yeah, what are you saying over here? <laughs> it feels like the morning right. to me for some reason. One fifty. I'm like, <laughs> you made me like look at the time. I'm like, wait, is it? Uh, anyway, in addition all these, to all these days are running together for me. Uh, it's okay, Jimmy. I'll forgive you. But uh, the other moves we have to get to. Uh, we already mentioned Shashray in there. Robert Quinn, <laughs> two injured reserve. Which is really funny because the tweet that uh, first reported that, I believe it was by Tom Pelissero, was like, he's yeah. coming on. No, he's not. He was most definitely not coming on into form by any means. Uh, yeah, so Robert Quinn obviously been very disappointing, continuing this trend of Eagles trade deadline moves that have not been good. I guess the hope is that like he gets this time off and maybe that'll serve him well and he can come back and he will be healthier and he can give you something uh, it, it, if we're talking about Ryan Kerrigan, you know, and him following that template, Ryan Kerrigan yeah. useless in the regular season, randomly great in the one playoff game right. he played in. Yeah, Quinn has what two tackles and two QB hits in uh in five games here, so he's yeah. been almost in, totally invisible. I think if like your glass half full, you go okay. Well, maybe the knee was bothering him, and mm-hmm. now that after the scope, after he gets it cleaned out then he can be effective when he's fully healthy again. He can actually be closer to what he was for the Bears in 2021. How do you go from 18.5 sacks to what he looks like right now? It's crazy. (laughs) So, you know, again, glass half full, uh, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. he becomes that player. Glass half empty is uh, now you have this injury on top of maybe he wasn't hurt at all before. Right. the, the, The tweak that he experienced in Friday's practice last week, only just adds to mm-hmm. the uh, the frustration with uh, with him so far. Um, it's funny you mentioned the the Tom Palacero tweet. <laughs> a bunch of the Eagles beat writers, which isn't really that common. Like you know, we're not really like making fun of people all that much. Uh, but yeah, they were all kind of goofing on that tweet about him uh, starting to quote unquote come on uh, as as a player for the Eagles. And the other thing that I think that tweet said was, um, "It's like playing uh, time has gone down." He it's was adjusting like, to the scheme. Yeah. <laughs> he was finally just getting used to the scheme as if like rushing the passer right. uh, yeah. in obvious pass rushing situations really requires a lot of scheme knowledge, particularly for a guy who's been in the league for 12 years. So like, yeah, that was some uh, that was some high quality uh, water carrying. Yeah. I think actually Pelissero does a pretty good job overall. Sure, I'm not was, taking you know. a shot at him. I'm saying the, the notion <laughs> is just very transparently <laughs> right. silly. It was like when Adam Schefter, I still remember this. Tweeted back in 2020 training camp um, that Andre Dillard was dominant before he suffered his season-ending injury. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And first right. of all, like the way it was phrased at the time, it wasn't like he heard. It wasn't like people, coaches were saying he was dominant. He said he was dominant as if Adam Schefter yeah. was like there and knew that to be true, which he was not. <laughs> it's just like so. And it's just it was also very transparently not true based on what everyone else was seeing at the camp anyway. It's just kind of funny to me. Uh, I wonder but, if, like, if, if the people who that's designed to fool are yeah. ever actually fooled by any of that nonsense. Who is it designed to fool? Like, I like think other teams fan? around the league, maybe. Hmm, okay, maybe. fans, maybe. I guess. Whatever. In any case, <laughs> a related move: the Eagles activated Janarius Robinson from uh-huh. injured reserve. Which, if you don't recall, uh, listener. Eagles signed him to their roster from the Vikings practice squad ahead of week two. And he was on the roster for a bit, didn't play at all. 
and then somehow I guess got hurt in practice very conveniently when Andre Dillard was ready to return to the roster and they needed to clear <laughs> up a spot for him. And yeah. they put Janarius Robinson in IR and it almost seemed like, okay, they're just stashing him. It's almost basically like another practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. But they opened his window well before Robert Quinn ever, you know, got hurt unless they, this is a plan thing because Robert Quinn didn't have a buy and they kind of wanted to get him rest at some point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But in any case, Janarius Robinson um, draft picked last year, uh, hasn't played a single snap in the NFL yet. I don't, I guess maybe he'll get like some snaps here um, because maybe he'll take on a little bit of the Quinn role. Uh, anything of intrigue for you about Janarius Robinson? I mean, he was a former, he was what, a fourth round pick mm-hmm. and he's got some, um, you know, height, weight, speed uh, traits that are appealing. I don't know that he's going to, maybe he plays this week. Who knows? Sure. Um, because they could use an extra defensive end. They have the six defensive tackles, mm-hmm. but they theoretically are a little thin. I mean, I guess the only defensive ends they have right now are BG and Sweat. Full and then time, if you wanna, yeah. And if you want to throw Reddick in the conversation, sure. Mm. Uh, so yeah, he may he may very well play this week. Um, we'll see. But yeah, it's it's an interesting player. Um, and I don't think they would have activated him if they didn't have plans for him. Sure. I, yeah, I, I mean, guess their window was almost up. It was up like, literally like the day before, or sorry, the day after he was activated. Yeah. So it was day 20 of the 21 day window. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I, I, I would guess that he plays this week. Sure. I would think so. Which will be interesting. Um, it will. It, and I think luck. it's, it's fair to criticize the Robert Quinn trade in that, like, I think you, there's a, there's an argument to be made, and you this isn't just hindsight. You were saying at the time, like a Rasheem Green or someone who might be like undervalued or might have a little bit more upside. I think you could have you know swung the other way on that. And in this case, regardless, what what's done is done with Quinn. But now you have a chance to uh, see what this young guy has, maybe in limited snaps, and and hey, maybe he's worth playing more. Maybe he'll show something, and maybe not. I'm not expecting. I don't think that's likely to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that you have such a strong roster and such a strong pass rush rotation. I think you can afford a couple snaps here and there, see if he's actually, you know, any good. And then if he is just keep playing him. So we'll see. And they've had player, they've had some of their DTs line up outside on occasion. Not that much, but Milton's done it. Uh, Fletcher Cox has done it at times. Uh, But yeah, I'd I'd be interested in getting a look. And then in the non news uh, portion of this podcast, but (laughs) certainly, uh, uh, it's a rumor worthy worthy of discussion speculation we'll call it uh Mike Florio of mm-hmm. Pro Football Talk said that the Eagles I'm sorry watch quote unquote watch I will I will Eagles. read the tweet for you Jimmy Okay go ahead I think the whole context is important I mean I'm sure people have seen this but if you haven't last year when the OBJ free agency sputtered we said quote watch the Rams end quote as this year's OBJ free agency sputters, I'll say this. Watch the Eagles. I was already tired of the OBJ stuff mm. <laughs> like a month ago. <laughs> like when the Eagles weren't even involved, uh, when it was basically just the Cowboys and, and the Giants that were involved. And then I think later uh, the Bills were added to the equation. And we're talking about a play. I mean, he did legitimately help the Rams win a Super Bowl last year sure. in the playoffs. Like he he had a, he had a good... A uh, couple of games uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, I, I think he got hurt pretty early in the Super Bowl, if I recall correctly. Yes, uh, but certainly helped them get there. In the regular season, he had like forty something, forty some odd catches for 
500 some odd yards and five touchdowns in 14 games. So the breathless reporting over this type of player who also, by the way, I mean, he tore his ACL in the Super yeah. Bowl, which in mid February. Yeah, we, we're in we're in December. So like we're we're talking about uh, what, 10, 10, he's 10 months removed from mm-hmm. uh, the ACL. Tear, that? Which, what's that? Do you hear that noise? Started like someone started like jackhammering outside my window. Oh, so that's, that's really at you. Okay. I'll just mute my microphone <laughs> when I'm not talking. I don't hear it. Okay. Anyway, uh, you don't hear it because I muted it. I said I'm going to oh, mute okay. my microphone when I'm not talking. <laughs> well, the breathless reporting over him has been uh, has been out of control uh, for you know this level of player who is coming off a major injury, um, and then the Cowboys had, uh, I guess Jerry Jones had said. Uh, I believe it was a radio appearance. I'm not totally sure on that, but he'd said uh, it was reported that he said um, that he kind of alluded to the idea that he wasn't going to, that OBJ was not going to be, you know, able to play at all in uh, 2022. So, you know, who knows if this Eagles interest in uh, OBJ is real. Nick Sirianni got asked about it. Of course, Uh, I think it was Tim McManus that asked him like, you know, what his, what his take on it was. And uh, Nick Sirianni basically said that this is the best uh, group of receivers that he's ever worked with in his NFL coaching career. Um, certainly didn't give the speculation any more, um, I guess, any, any any more breath, uh, but didn't completely shoot it down either. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see if uh, there's any real interest here or not. Maybe it's just the Eagles kind of screwing with the Cowboys and the Giants, like leaking it themselves to, to who knows. Uh, but it is a sort of a weird thing to pop up uh, when the Eagles do already have a very good wide receiving group. In addition to Dallas Goddard, who's going to be back from uh, injury reserve in a week. Uh, but, you know, how he how he does this kind of thing where if there is a, a, a skilled player available who can help and is an upgrade over somebody on the roster, he's always going to explore it. So, um, it's certainly worth watching. I w- it's not it's not a report or whatever you want to call it that uh, I would completely dismiss. I mean, I agree. I mean, you set the con- they Florio set the context of they you know had a good read on it last year, um, and maybe. Oh, now I hear the jackhammering. Yeah, I know it's tough. <laughs> Sorry, but like I don't know what to do when they. It's all right. I, I think I don't. I, I think it's okay. You you probably hear it a lot more than than me or the listeners. So you know. On what was it? I forget the days here, like you, like you did. But earlier this week, whenever Baker Mayfield got claimed on that day, I mean, he Florio was the pers- first person I saw on that day to be like, because it was at like noon yeah. when he said it. Hey, watch Baker to the Ra- like, look out for that. Watch Baker to the Rams, and then sure mm-hmm. enough, at four, Adam Schefter was the first one to actually report that that's what had happened. I don't think they were the like... only team to put out a claim in two. By the way, okay, him. see, yeah. So I don't think. I'm not saying that like, that was super unthinkable to happen, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty good. Like call, I didn't see anyone else saying that definitively as he was. So mm-hmm. you know that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. Like I think you know Florio is kind of in a weird spot where he's not Schefter or one of these people, um, but he does hear things and he has sources, so he's connected to the league and has been for a long time. So it's again, he rubs I agree. a lot of people the wrong way, and a lot of people like sure. dismiss what he says. Uh, but he does legitimately get info pretty often. Yeah. So, you know, you can't just be like, oh, it's Florio, it's fake. No, I, I would not say that. It's coming from somewhere. I don't know where that is. But And it's weird because 
uh, you know, there's so much hype about him going to the Cowboys. It seemed like a faint accomplice, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Like it, it seemed like, and that's why I was saying to RJ, I'm like, just sign him already. Like, this, this is, why do you need to like 50 reports about, oh, he's going to sign with the Cowboys? Just sign him. Like, why do we need 50 reports about it? It's just an obnoxious flirtation. Uh, so it was a weird, like stark contrast in tone when they're just like, actually, it might not be ready. And it's weird to me how it was not until he got to the Cowboys when it was, oh, actually, he might be able to play. Because why wasn't that being leaked when he was with the Giants or with the the Bills? You know, that, yeah. another thing about that was coming out back then. I almost wonder if it's a leverage play from the Cowboys to kind of like downplay his market and then mm-hmm. make it be like, well, I guess you're just going to have to sign here because no one else is going to want you. Does, That's you know. not cool, by the way. And I, I think agree. Florio actually pointed this out, <laughs> yeah. too, where like he should legitimately be very pissed off sure. uh, that, that Jerry Jones seemed to actively well, try to hurt his 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 value on the market. And maybe that's where the Eagles come in because it's like, well, yeah, you're going to do that to us. You're going to be able to play hardball here. Well, we're going to put out there that one of your other division rivals might end up with him instead. So, you know, there might be some kind <laughs> right. of game going here behind, be. the, behind the scenes. I don't think it's likely, but I guess there's a scenario kind of like the Ravens signed Deshaun Jackson to their practice squad and the Cowboys had signed Jason Peters to their practice squad where mm-hmm. maybe you bring him in on that kind of basis at first yeah. with the plans to eventually get him on the roster or something. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's – I think it's more unlikely than it is likely to happen. But if I had to put chances on it, I would say like, I don't know, like 10%. Yeah, I'd go lower, you? but uh, but okay. yeah, it's not it's not zero. It's yeah. I don't think it's yeah, you know, I don't think it's zero. So, I mean, we'll see. There was another report that said like like on the practice squad report, there's somebody put out there, I forget who it was, that he was asking for something in the ballpark of twenty million a year. Like he was actually looking for more mm-hmm. of a long term deal than just to finish out this season. Which right. uh, L O L on that no. one, like, that's <laughs> like, not even who's, believable. Who, yeah, yeah. And so like that's not going to happen for sure. Um, yeah, if you if like you could sign him to the practice squad, if you're the Eagles, right. there's no risk in that whatsoever. Go right ahead. Yeah. By all means, sign that guy to the practice squad. Sure. Uh and I, I do agree with you. I don't see it from the fit uh standpoint. And I was talking to I think it was Ed Valentine on the Giants, the Bleak Blue View Podcast Network. Like I think people think about things not always in the right way, or I I'll say like more of the Madden way, where like, is Odo Beckham Jr. a better player than Zach Pascal? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can agree. Like, mm-hmm. I think most people agree on that. But that's not the equation. You have to consider Zach Pascal is here to do a role, which is to mm-hmm. block a lot, be selfless, and play special teams. Mm-hmm. Is Odell Beckham Jr. bringing those things? No. He's going to do not. none of those things. <laughs> and if he's not, then who is doing that? So, yeah. like, and not to say you can't have Pascal and OBJ on the team, but like, you know, you have to create a roster spot. So it's, I just don't think it's that simple. Yeah, somebody's got to lose snaps to, to, to get him on the field. That's the thing. Like, and, and let's say Goddard gets back. So you have your big three back in terms of targets. Is OBJ mm-hmm. really happy not being in that big three and clearly being on the the you know the outskirts of that? So right. I have a hard time seeing it from just the logical standpoint. But I agree with you in that I can't rule it out from the Howie Roseman like, and especially this year, especially after adding Linval Joseph and Dominic Sue and everyone else, I can't rule it out that they might just collect more talent. Um, and I would love to see it from a standpoint of how much Cowboys fans including the aforementioned RJ Ochoa, we're just thirsting after OBJ. So it would be very funny to see uh, the pivot from all of them being like, oh, we never even wanted him <laughs> after like writing a billion articles about him. You know, one thing was kind of weird from the uh, Sirianni press conference, though. Um, I had actually asked Sirianni a few weeks ago about signing Ndamukong Sue and Lival Joseph and how much 
he cared or how much it mattered in terms of both of those guys having won Super Bowls in their careers. Because, uh, of course, if you'll recall, uh, they signed a bunch of guys leading up like during the 20, 2019, excuse me, during the 2017 season when they won a Super Bowl, they added a bunch of players in season who had previously won Super Bowls. So I'll, I thought that that was, you know, maybe signing Indomitian Sue and Limbaugh Joseph factored into that in some small way. And he kind of agreed with that. And like he said, you know, I don't know that we necessarily sign those guys because, because of that reason, but certainly it's a bonus and blah, 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 blah. Um, then, uh, yesterday, I think on Wednesday, Jeff McLean asked him a similar question. Um, I guess about uh, adding players with with uh, Super Bowl experience or whatever, and he just completely dismissed it. So it was weird that he gave you know uh, like agree an an agreement answer on that a few weeks ago, but then yesterday he kind of shut that down. So I don't know what to make of that. Um, whether that was sort of a defense mechanism about uh, against uh, the OBJ thing, but. Um, it's, it is weird that he gave, that he did answer that question two different ways in a three or four weeks apart. Last thing we have in the news is that it looks like uh, Quez Watkins is practicing today. The Eagles first, full, he was listed as limited on Wednesday, but they mm-hmm. didn't walk through. He's out there today as is Kaiser White. So it seems like those guys are probably on track to play this weekend, I would guess. Uh, I don't think Sean Bradley is practicing again, so he might miss this week. But final injury report will be out on Friday. And then, as you noted, the uh, Eagles have until Saturday. Uh, 4 p.m. to make any roster moves they want to make before the Week 14 game against the New York football giants. Jimmy, why don't we go to break here, but not before I tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Jimmy, what is your favorite Righteous Felon Craft I'm going to go OG Hickory. That's like the the standard flavor. Uh, that's what the Eagles have at the NovaCare. Com- You've seen oh, that? With yeah, your, okay. yeah, that's the one they have. That's the one they get. I think it's hard to go wrong. Like, you know, if you if you don't know what to get. You see all these flavors, you know, let's try the original. Probably can't mm-hmm. go wrong, especially if you like a savory. I think that's probably one of their more savory options, but a lot of good flavors available at righttosellin.com, including for the Biltong, the uh, Nelson Mandela. So if you like, you know, a bit of a pickle flavor, you can kind of get that in there. Uh, I, I like the bourbon Franklin, which has that like sweet, uh, but not too sweet, not overpoweringly uh, aspect to it. So, uh, the Marilyn Monroe, also very good. A little bit of a, you know, like crab fry, crab kinda, fry you know, yeah. that seasoning kind of good. So there's a lot of different fun options that you can try. All the flavors available. And you can try them all if you get like the package. And that's the thing. If you see Righteous Felon Crown Craft Jerky in the stores, you get a pack, you try it out, decide you like it. Or maybe you order a pack one time. And once you decide you really like it, then you can just get like the whole pack and save by buying in bulk. And you get a discount on buying by bulk by using discount code BGN20 at com for 20% off a great stocking stuffer idea, holiday gifts, all that. And limited time only 20% off. It'll go back down to 15 at some point. So you want to use BGN 20 right now at right to selling.com for 20% off before it goes back down to 15. Jimmy. Yeah, actually, uh, my brother-in-law, Ronnie cakes, uh, Ronnie cakes. Ron- if you're listening, <laughs> what? Uh, earmuffs, uh, I'm oh. going to get the, I'm, I'm going to use the BGN 20. Boom and get him the package of, you know, all the different yeah. flavors for Christmas. Um, awesome. So, okay, on earmuffs, Ronnie Cakes, uh, Brandon. <laughs> oh, how would he know that if he, if he's earmuffs? He I don't know how often he listens the to the podcast. He can't hear you. It, tell, him, tell him to take him off. <laughs> I don't know if he listens. But we will be like, 
ever. Oh, wait, you're frozen. Now you're back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how much, how often, or if ever he listens to the podcast, Mm. but uh, hopefully he listened to my earmuffs uh, uh, instructions so that he doesn't know what he's getting for Christmas. Regardless if he's surprised or not, he's going to really enjoy the gift. We can, (laughs) that much we can be sure of. Yeah. Back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, it's time to get into an Eagles-Giants preview. Mm-hmm. What have you got? Who are the New York what do you, Where do you want to start? You want to go Eagles offense, uh, Giants defense, or the other way around? I think I want to go 1,000-foot overview real quick where the Giants are, what, now 7-4-1 after tying the Commanders. They are 1-3-1 in their last five games, so they had that hot start. They've struggled since, and the one win is over the Houston Texans, and it was a one-score game. So that's who the Giants have been recently. Not a very super scary team. Uh, but I think they are playing above their talent level. I think Brian Dable mm-hmm. has a good job. So I think that's who the Giants are overall. And I think we've said multiple times as we've like made picks for them throughout the year and on the mixtape, they're not a team that really beats themselves. They kind of just hang around. And mm-hmm. uh, that's who they've been more often than not. Yeah, they've slowed down a bit. Um, started, what, 7-2? and two? They're 0-2-1 and in their last three games. And I think we're seeing injuries uh, take their toll with this team. And I think we're seeing some of their best players give out a bit after really being relied on heavily through the first, you know, 9-10 games of the season. Saquon Barkley being example number one uh, on that front through, I mean, first of all, the Giants have been one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. They're actually the fifth most run-heavy team uh, in mm. the league, they're actually at exactly 50% uh, run versus pass this season. But in the first nine games, Saquon rushed 198 times, which is a lot <laughs> in uh, in nine games, for 931 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, six touchdowns. The last game of that nine-game stretch was against the Houston Texans, a game during which he carried 35 times. Jeez. They needed him to carry the ball 35 times against the Houston Texans to win to by them one away. score. <laughs> and he has not, he's not been the same player since. So last three games, 44 rushes, 124 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. He did score twice. So he looked very much like the explosive player that we saw him be in his rookie season and earlier in his career. Um, Starting to slide off of that a little bit uh, down the stretch here, and understandably so. Um, it'll be interesting to see what version of him 
the Eagles get on Sunday. But um, on that, you know, on that note, Daniel Jones, obviously a threat with his legs. Um, and as always, <laughs> you know, one of the matchups to look in this game, look at at the, in this game is uh, the Eagles run defense against uh, an opposing team's rushing attack. And for a good reason, like the Eagles are facing all these run heavy teams like the Titans last week. Uh, the commanders have actually been uh, the most run heavy team in the NFL since Taylor Heineke took over. Uh, the Texans basically just tried to run the ball a lot because they knew they couldn't throw it on the Eagles. Uh, and then, of course, the Eagles coming up have the Bears, who are they the most run heavy team in the NFL? Yes, they are. And then they have the Cowboys, which are the sixth most run heavy team in the NFL. Uh, and then we'll get the Giants again down the stretch. So this is like a theme that's not going to go away. The Eagles did a phenomenal job on uh, last Sunday against, you know, Derek Henry and the Titans, uh, completely shutting down their rushing attack. He had, what, 11 carries for 30 yards, I believe, uh, in that game. So the Eagles are, you know, playing a lot better. They certainly have the personnel to shut down the run with those six defensive tackles that they have and a couple of defensive ends who play the run well. Uh, Josh Sweat and more so Brandon Graham. They have, you know, very physical, smart uh, Mike Linebacker, of course, in TJ Edwards. They have Reed Blankenship, who's more of a run or you know run stopping oriented safety than he is a, a coverage guy. Um, so they they have certainly the personnel. It's just a matter of is Jonathan Gannon going to prioritize shutting down the run uh, over his typical preference of first shutting down the pass? And I think in this matchup, it makes a lot of sense to do that, like they did against the Titans, because this team is really light on playmakers at the wide receiver position they lost sterling sharp <laughs> sterling sharp sterling shepherd for the season <laughs> with an acl tear they lost uh, uh wandell robinson their second round pick this year mm -hmm. uh, rookie wide receiver with an colin acl tear johnson. colin johnson was a guy who was getting first team reps during training camp and a lot of people were hyping him up saying that they were expecting maybe a breakout year out of him. They lost him with an Achilles tear uh, close to the, the start of the season. Uh, he didn't. He wound up not playing in any games. And then, of course, they traded Kadarius Toney to the Chiefs. So what they're left with is Eagle Killer Darius Slayton instead of Darius Slay, uh, who has burned Slay in the past, has had good games yeah. against the Eagles, but not so much against you know many other teams. He's by far their most uh, dangerous receiver at this point. He's got 500-something yards. Uh, I forget how many touchdowns, but he's he's averaging uh, over 17 yards per catch. Uh, if the Giants can establish the run and they can use play action, you know, the Eagles have to worry about him uh, making plays down the field. And otherwise, they really just don't have much. They have guys like Richie James, uh, David Sills. Uh, who am I missing here? Um doesn't matter. It's really just a sort of a, uh, Isaiah Hodgins is another one that that mm -hmm. that's come that's off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, they they have basically just sort of a uh, a bunch of just a guys Jags uh, that that really aren't very threatening. Uh, so yeah, the the game plan for the Eagles should be very clear here. Basically, again, once again, you know the the Jim Schwartz style of defense where shut down the run, make the other offense one dimensional, and then get after the quarterback. I think that's a, a recipe that should serve them well in this game. Giants also had Marcus Johnson, the former Eagle. Uh, is he? Oh, he's still on the team, right? Or he is. Yes. Where's is he even playing anymore? So I opened up our lads to look at this, and then it gave me the 2021 September version, which I don't know why he keeps doing that. So it freaks me out. It, like it throws me off each time. I'm like, wait, I don't see his name. Okay, so he's still on the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the fact that Marcus Johnson, who is like a 
fifth and then turned into sixth receiver on the 2017 Eagles. Yeah. Uh, is one of the Giants' like top options. Kind of. <laughs> oh, Kenny. To... I didn't even mention Kenny Galladay. <laughs> yeah. And one, Kenny of the Galladay worst, who... one of the worst free agent signings in the last 10 years in the NFL. And I like Mar- Marcus Johnson, by the way. I'm not trying to rag on him. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's yeah. not, you're not in the best situation if he's one of your very best options at this point. Uh, so, yeah, they're just not in a great situation. When the Giants were winning earlier this year, I think they had an identity. And that was Saquon Barkley. <laughs> he was he was their identity. So the fact that he's taken such a big step back, and I think there's multiple reasons why that's been the case. You look at the wear and tear that you mentioned. You look at the fact that these receiving threats just aren't very threatening. Then that kind of right. allows teams to dedicate more resources to stopping the run. You also look at how earlier in the season, the Giants had some offensive line continuity building. Yep. And now they've had injuries, so there's multiple reasons why uh, his, uh, you know, his effectiveness has declined. Not only in terms of like average and efficiency, but also, and this goes hands in hand with that. But you look at his like biggest play in a lot of these games recently as a receiver or a runner, and they're just not that long. He's not hitting mm-hmm. these. He's not this big play threat right now. So I just jinxed that, and sure enough, he'll probably do that against the Eagles. Um, but. You just don't you don't really fear him right now. I don't think he's a scary matchup the way he would have been more so earlier in the year. And to be able to shut him down and kind of put the game on Daniel Jones, who more than ever has done a good job of not turning the ball over in a dumb way. But I think there's going to be mm-hmm. more pressure on him to make plays. And I do think that the Eagles can't get themselves into a spot where this is like the commander's game again. And they're necessarily because that's the giants way to win right offensively is they should try to play ball control offense and keep the Eagles off the field as much as they can try to get into third and shorts and convert and convert and continue to move down the field, use Daniel Jones legs to help out where they can and have that pitch in and keep Mm -hmm. the Eagles off the field. And uh, you know, again, I don't think that's necessarily an easy way to win, but I do think that's how probably their best way to win offensively. Yeah. You mentioned the offensive line too. Um, I think that, I mean, so Dave Gettleman always prioritized the his the way that he said a quote about the hog mollies, uh, at it, you know, building along the offensive and defensive line. So I, th- I thought he was right in prioritizing that. He just stunk at picking good players. <laughs> eventually, he did land on uh, Andrew Thomas, who is playing like a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle this year. So they, that's that eventually became a hit um, under their new uh, front office leadership. You know, they added Evan Neal, uh, who's starting at right tackle. He's a 6'7", 350-pound athletic beast of a human being. Um, has really struggled this year. It's going to take some time for him to adjust to the NFL. But he's got all the tools and traits and whatever. Just not playing very well as a rookie. So I think that's a matchup they can exploit both with uh, Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick. And then on the interior, they got a bunch of just the guys where they, they added some Band-Aids this offseason in Mark Glowinski. Uh, at right guard in John Feliciano, uh, who was in Buffalo previously. So, you know, had that experience with, with Brian Dable, knows, you know, sort of what Brian Dable wants to do offensively. And then at left guard, they've had sort of a mix of guys. It looks like Nick Gates will probably start there, but they have other guys like Ben Bredesen, who was their normal start. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Like, it's just going to be a, uh, you know, just a guy. Whoever's in there at left tackle. That's the article you did, too. You're like, <laughs> they might activate this guy. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's just going to be another guy at left at left guard. They, they do have some depth there. So if they lose a guy in game, not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, it's just not a very good line yet. They have one very, very good player and then otherwise just a bunch of guys. So I think this is another matchup that the Eagles can win uh, on that side of the ball. But uh, I think they're at least on the right track in terms of prioritizing that part of their roster. Uh, it just is going to take some time. 
I'm looking at this tweet from Art Stapleton who covers the Giants, and it just I love it. I love Art Stapleton. This just clicked in my head, but uh, <laughs> the tweet is Giants OC Mike Kafka scheming against Brandon Graham, who is in his draft class with the Eagles. Jesus, I, I like that's. I never really thought about <laughs> that's that. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's just nuts. look at that. Um, so good call out by him. That's wild. He's been a coach for a while now. That's kind of that's yeah, nuts. Yeah. Yeah, and BG's still doing it, man. BG still looks great. Walter Payton, right. man of the, that should have been in the news segment, by the way. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. My my guy, BLG, oh, uh, yeah, Brandon man, Lee Graham, it. Walter Payton, man of the year, nominee for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Really hope he wins. That'd be great. It really, you know, I, I I'm I like like the little uh, paraphernalia. I don't know if, what you would call it, like that uh, is on different jerseys. For example, you know, like when an Eagles player. Or in a player at, at all as a captain for five or more years, they get the yeah. gold C, which I think is cool. Like Fletcher Cox and Kelsey have that now. Um, or you get, you know, additional stars each year before that. Um, and then the, for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, you get the little, you the know, coat. Walter Payton symbol, the award symbol. So I think that would be yeah. fun if BG gets that and gets to play. Where he's, Chris where, he's Long, the, where he's wearing the coat. Yeah, wearing the coat. Because uh, <laughs> the Eagles kind of got robbed of that because Chris Long had that award, but then he retired. So we never got to see what that uh, looked like on a jersey because he got it right, and then he retired. Um, okay. So I'd like to see kind of Brandon Graham be able to win that because I think he's deserving, first of all. But secondly, so it would be cool to just kind of see that little logo because also I think it would help people who might not appreciate the Eagles or know the Eagles really a lot or know Brandon Graham. Like, oh, wow, that guy was a Walton Payton Man of the Year winner. Like, that's really mm-hmm. cool. He must be a really, you know, good dude and good player. And he is. Um, so I think he deserves that. Anyway, tangent aside, um, we can flip over. Well, that brings us to the defense anyway, talking about the Eagles defense versus – no, we already did that. Sorry. <laughs> the Eagles – now we're going to the Eagles <laughs> offense versus the Giants defense. And, um, I mean – what do you do to stop the Eagles offense right now? There, <laughs> there really isn't a stopping of that. Uh, Giants defense has not been good by any kind of metric. They're like, you know, in the 20s, mid 20s in any kind yeah. of like DVOA metric. Uh, Ed Valentine, who I mentioned earlier from Big Blue View, uh, wrote in an article. I think I have it here on Big Blue View. He was talking about some things to watch out for this week's matchup. And I think I might use this for my link headline on uh, Friday morning. Spoiler alert. He said it is, quote, laughable that they could uh, stop the Eagles' run game. They are terrible in run defense. They give up 5.1 mm. yards per rushing attempt, 30th in the league, and are 26 in rushing yards allowed per game at 141.1. They don't have impact off-ball linebackers. They give up the edge too often. They have Dexter Lawrence, but we don't know if they'll have Leonard Williams because he has been he missed uh, Wednesday's practice. Um, and as you noted with Lawrence, He's had to play a lot of snaps. They're not rotating him like the Eagles are rotating, you know, Fletcher Cox and Davon Hargrave yeah. right now. And he's coming off an overtime game. So he had to play like even more snaps than he normally does. They can't rotate him. <laughs> it's really why yeah. he played 77 snaps in that game, which is oh. nuts. He's he's been easily their best defensive player this year. Oh, he's been great. But they have two yeah. they have two other defensive tackles whose names are escaping me right now, but they're on injured reserve right now. They're backups, but they're rotational guys that have Nick something actually I'll look started. Him up. Nick Williams, I think it was, started the first X number of games for them. He's on injured reserve. And then there's another guy whose name is escaping me that uh, is a rotational guy. Those guys are out. So he's had to play a a large number of snaps. Leonard Williams had to come out of that game uh, last week, and I'm pretty sure he didn't return. Uh, So his status for this week is up in the air, as you mentioned, with uh, with that neck injury. Mm -hmm. But in addition to being thin on the defensive line, they are really thin in the secondary. So their week one 
starting cornerbacks were Adoree Jackson, who is their best corner and who didn't practice on Wednesday and has missed yeah. the last two games for the Giants. And um, Aaron Robinson, uh, a mm-hmm. recent draft pick of theirs, was a week one starter. He played one game. Notably drafted b- before uh, Milton Williams. That's right. That's right. And then they traded out of that pick. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, a few spots back. And then and then Tom Donahoe got mad. Of course, mad. there was the the, <laughs> the big fit in the uh, drawer in the uh, draft room. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're two, they're two week one starters are likely going to, well, one Robinson's definitely out. Um, and Adore Jackson probably will be, they're missing Xavier McKinney, who is the starting safety and who injured his hand, mm. uh, in Cabo <laughs> during the Giants bye week. He's missed their last four games. Probably isn't going to play in this game. So what do you do if you're the Giants? And the answer probably is just blitz the crap out of the Eagles, the one the way the commanders beat the Eagles, not just because they controlled the ball for 40 minutes, was they got three turnovers. Sure. Uh, four turnovers if you count if you're including the, you know, the 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 pitch drill at the end of the game. Uh, but realistically, more more like three turnovers. If you can turn the Eagles over, maybe you have a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. And if you can blitz the crap out of them and maybe force some kind of bad decision or something like that, that Jalen Hurts really just hasn't uh, had many of this year. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and maybe he's been you better against the can, blitz like yeah, more recently. For sure. He's been, yeah. Um, of course, if you blitz and the Eagles pick it up or they have a max <laughs> protect on with deep shots down the field, or they time up one of their screens with their, which they're, they've been pretty good at, or if Jalen Hurts or, is able to hit yeah. a hot, then or he makes someone miss and he takes off running and there's no one there right. to tackle him anymore. Yeah. Like you're really thin on the back end, uh, in terms of being able to cover guys like. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and, and Quez Watkins. So, you know, it's pick your poison. Man. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit back and just let them carve you apart? Or are you going to really go like the after Titans them and, and leave yourself susceptible to huge plays down the field? So they, they're, that defense is in big trouble, in my opinion, uh, against the Eagles. I was a little surprised, actually, that the line was only seven. So they did do a good job against Lamar Jackson earlier this year, um, which mm-hmm. I guess that maybe they'll try to employ a similar game plan there. Now, you know the receiving talent that the Eagles have versus yes. the receiving talent that the Ravens <laughs> had, especially at that time. Cause I don't think they had Deshaun yet in that game either. Oh, line too, by the way. Yes. So, <laughs> and you know, uh, I don't know what the Ravens really have going on at running back, but I think the Eagles might have a better, I can't say for sure. I don't. Yeah. They've had tune. guys in and out of the lineup. Like JK Dobbins has been mm-hmm. hurt. Gus Edwards is, you know, sort of in and out of the lineup. Right. Um, I, I can't speak super also, uh, intelligently on them, but I think the Eagles rush, rushing attack has been certainly a lot more stable than the Ravens this year. Also, Jalen Hurts has been way better than Lamar this year. Go look up Lamar's numbers. <laughs> yes. Has not been the same Lamar Jackson that you might think of when you think of his name. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Certainly, and you, I'm, most people would trust the Eagles coaching staff too over uh, Greg Roman and the, the what the Ravens have going offensively. So yes, I don't I don't think that just because uh, you know they did well against Lamar doesn't you know doesn't mean they'll, they'll they will for sure do the same against the Eagles. But the point being, like they have faced this this year a mobile quarterback to some extent, so I'm sure they'll have some ideas of what they do want to do and what did work for them, what didn't work for them. Um, and it should be noted that Jalen Hurts had his worst game of his career at MetLife Stadium last year. Yeah. You know, that was Patrick Graham. It's a different coordinator, different coaching staff. So, but some of the players are still similar, uh, some of the same players. And, you know, I don't, I don't think that was like a game, especially now, uh, that was characteristic of Jalen Hurts because then he played against the Giants at the link a couple of weeks later 
and he was much better. So it's not, I don't think it's like the Giants own him. Um, but still worth noting that he had like a really bad game against their personnel in the past. So uh, I'm sure he has not forgotten that. And I'm sure he wants to play a lot better at MetLife this time around. Anything else defensively? If I recall, I think they were the first team that really start, sort of leaned into the idea of like, don't let him go. Don't let him roll right. If if anything, make him stay mm-hmm. in the pocket or make him go to his make him go to move to his left and throw on his run to the left. And he has certainly fixed those issues in terms of spreading the ball all over the field as opposed to being, you know, heavy on the right side like he was throughout the entirety of the 2021 season, really. Um, so, yeah, that, those are issues that they fix. But again, like you said, it's a totally different coaching staff um, and they'll probably have a totally different plan for, for how they attack him or, or hope to attack him anyway. Yeah, and but also no, that, I know. that's about all I have for the uh, for the Eagles' offense against their defense. I also know it's a year old, so maybe no one's actually saying this, but it just bothered me. I was thinking about it earlier this week. It was like, so I will say, in fairness to Jalen Hurts, he did get banged up in that game. His ankle, that's that game. Uh-huh. I remember when that happened. But people were like, oh, we still had a minute at the end. It's just Rager dropped the touchdown. I'm sorry. If you're in a position where you need a Jalen Rager <laughs> touchdown to win the game, you've already failed. You're, you're, you're done. You can't put yourself in a situation where you need that to win. Anyway, but that kind of making that more relevant to this game, like don't be in a position where let's say um, you need that last score touchdown. Maybe I feel like you should be in a spot where you don't need that. You should be able to beat this team, not blow them out necessarily, but you should be able to beat them where it doesn't come down to a last game play. Uh, Yeah. That's all you've got. Yeah. I mean, I'll say more when we make, when we make our pick, but as far as Eagles offense versus their defense. Yeah. I think that's all I got. What about the premier matchup? of this entire timeline that we live in. Kristen Roach versus people (laughs) who uh, need to wait. What would would the matchup be? Yeah. Who's her, who's like, who's her enemy? Uh, uh, The people out there. Kristen Roach versus bad real estate deals. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) She won't have it because she is. Voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. And if you're looking to buy or sell a house, please do call or text her at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Or go to roachrealtors.com. Again, Kristen Roach, super realtor, super lady. Brandon? Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, 856-906-9295, 9-5. 9-5. Back here on BGN Radio, time to make our NFL picks against the spread, Eagle straight up pick, all that good stuff. But before we do, Jimmy, every week this season, that's right, every week, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, the loyal BGN Radio listeners and Bleeding Green Nation readers, to follow. Last week, Jimmy, the same game parlay hit. Mm. I did AJ Brown and first touchdown. one. Uh, second one this season. I forget the first okay. one, but it's at least the second. 
AJ Brown, anytime touchdown, AJ Brown over 94 and a half yards. And I did the Eagles money line should on the spread, but I did the money line. Yeah. And if you pet $10 on that, you netted $50. So not bad. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So we'll see oh, if plus we can 500. Yeah. So we'll see if we can uh, make some people some money again. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet. Maybe an under on Saquon yardage might be in play there. Um, any good you ideas? Go low on that. Yeah, or I'll take high. the under. Well, I yeah, like okay. you know, I'll look up the numbers. I'll look up his stats and craft the right number that makes sense. But I'll probably take an under of some sort on him. Um, you know, decent odds, so we get the people some money here. So we'll do that. Probably do an Eagles money line, and then another thing. We'll see. Uh, maybe like a Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. Uh, we'll see. But stay tuned to that because it'll be available on the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter account and Bleeding Green Instagram account on game day. That's at Bleeding Green on Twitter, at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jimmy, before we even make any picks, because usually we'd get into the Saints game first here, Mm -hmm. but uh, the Saints are on their bye. Because, well, not because, but after losing to the Buccaneers, which was a huge comeback, there's very few times as an Eagles fan where you can really root for Tom Brady and feel great about it. But this is one <laughs> yeah. of those times because the Eagles needed the Saints to lose that game and the Saints blew a 13-point lead and their playoff odds dropped from like 28% or whatever it would have been with a win to below 1% mm-hmm. with a loss. Yeah. So that was a huge, crushing, like season-ending loss for them. I had fallen asleep during that game when they were down by two scores and it looked like they were hopeless. I woke up and they had the ball and they were driving and like to possibly win the game. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> how did, how did this happen? And then sure enough, uh, they scored and it got called back by a penalty. And then they scored again, uh, on a, it was like a 15 yard pass or something like that. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, but the Buccaneers won. And as you know, the huge swing in terms of the Saints possibility. I mean, there was going to be a low probability that they were going to make the playoffs anyway, but this just pretty much shut the door on it all but guaranteeing the Eagles uh, at a minimum getting a top 18 pick mm-hmm. uh, with them not, you know, almost certainly not making the playoffs. Um, but more realistically, that pick is going to land somewhere in the top 10. And uh, if they're lucky, it's, it'll be top five. And the only teams ahead of them right now are the Texans. Who Which they're, they've clinched the number one effectively, they're, they're not gonna, officially, yeah, but effectively. Bryce Young is going to be a Texan. And then, uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, uh, the Texans, and then it's the Rams, it's the Bears, and it's got to be an AFC team, right? Broncos. Rams. Well, the Lions via the Rams, but yeah, yeah right. So the, right, and then what, what was the is the other team the Broncos? They have three the Seahawks wins? via the Broncos. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, as far as teams that like the Eagles will be rooting for the rest of the season, so their picks land. Yeah. Later. Yes, they'll the be reading for Saints. the Broncos. The Eagles Rams, are going to be Rams fans. The Bears, Broncos fans, except except and... when the Eagles play the Bears. <laughs> All right, and Bears fans, other than when they play them. Um, Although that would Bears be a silver like... lining to a, a really bad upset. <laughs> Bears have a crazy hard record the rest of the season too. Like it's out of control, hardest in the NFL. Um, so mm-hmm. anyway, we'll we'll see That's where that pick eventually for lands. Fields losing six straight. <laughs> the Eagles are going to be an amazing position if that pick lands top five. Basically, what you have is three quarterbacks that a lot of people are projecting to go in the top five. They'd be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, 
uh, Will Levis from Kentucky. We'll see how all that remains, you know, in no, in December, it, it always changes between now and the draft. But if those three guys are ultimately projected to be top five, that's amazing for the Eagles because then they're going to be able, they're going to be able to draft guys like Will Anderson from Alabama, the edge rusher or uh, Jalen Carter, who's another elite kind of prospect uh, defensive tackle from, from Georgia. If those two guys, if one of those two guys are gone or if one of those quarterbacks is still available and they're like top five, some team wants to move up, pay some kind of King's ransom for the Eagles to move out. And they just keep acquiring like number one, number one picks in the future indefinitely. That would be very fun too, from like a coverage perspective. Uh, so, you know, all that's a, uh, it's amazing that the Eagles are uh, playing as well as they are right now, but also figure to be uh, major players in this uh, upcoming draft is uh, very exciting for Eagles fans. And if, let me ask you this. If you had to pick a three draft slot window, mm. yeah, where do you think this. that Saints pick will 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 end up? Go big or go home, Jimmy. I'm gonna say, okay. I'm gonna say, th- so three, four, five. I'm gonna say it's a top five, three pick. to five. So here's the okay. remaining games, by the way. So they play the Falcons, returning from their bye. bye. It's a home game. Almost lost to the Falcons earlier this year. Very frustratingly, frustratingly uh, the Falcons choked it. Mm-hmm. Falcons are putting in Ritter, so maybe that gives them a boost. Maybe. Oh, not. We'll I, I didn't see that. That's interesting. At least I, 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 I don't think I'm mistaken there. I thought I saw that. So um, we'll see. Uh, then they play the Browns in Cleveland. I'm going to mark that down as a loss on Christmas Eve. Play the Eagles. Eagles own them. Um, I mean... I don't need to get into the specifics of the matchup. We'll get it at the time, but the, the Eagles will probably will... still need that game too. I don't think they'll, they'll be in rest starters mode. Actually, they definitely need that. Well, no, not necessarily. Depends how uh, the Dallas game goes, and the Vikings um, if they still True. need that for the for the one seed. Um, but and but, to yeah. make their pick better, and to make the and, and the, to beat the Saints <laughs> and make the pick even higher, yeah. uh, and then they they close the season with a home game against the Panthers. So. I think they could lose out. I think one in three at the very best is what I'll say. They go one in three at best, but they may they might even lose out. Although, if they go I'll, one in three the rest of the way, then that's it's going to be a top five pick. Yeah, because all, all right. the other teams ahead of them are. I mean, uh, how many other three win teams are there? The Bears. Or no, no, I'm sorry. How many other four win teams are there? Oh, I think there's a bunch. There's of a them. bunch. Like, there's like four or five. I think. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's at least five, including them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, now that we've spent a lot of time on that, Jimmy, <laughs> I will remind everyone of our records. Okay. We went 0-4 last week. <laughs> so tough Did week I really? for you. Yeah, you took the Colts to cover, which is a tough one. Um, although the game was close yeah. for a bit until that inexplicable interception was, was called not an interception, and then the Cowboys blew him out after that. And then I went one and three. So I'm now 26, 23, and one against the spread. You are the opposite in terms of 23, 26, and Damn. one against the spread. We're both 10 and two straight up. All right. On our Eagles picks, you mean? Yeah. Where do you think I'm going to start with the games this week? Uh, Dallas. No, curveball. Houston? We no. are going okay. to Detroit because I figured it made sense to talk about this matchup with the Vikings threatening, oh, you know, okay. in theory for the number one seed <laughs> still. Because the so, Commanders have their bye week this week too, right? Yes. Yeah. So it okay. only been in two games otherwise. So I figured we should at least talk about three. Uh, Vikings 
are actually two-point underdogs despite having 10 wins against the 5-7 and seven Detroit Lions. Who do you like in that matchup? Jalen Rager. Oh, you stole my thunder with this. Oh, no, right, I'll, 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 leave it, I'll leave it alone then. <laughs> I mean, this is a, this is going to be my lock of the week on the SB Nation oh, NFL show. You, you go first then. On, I mean, you. if Jalen Rager is out here making a guarantee that the Vikings are going to win, they're obviously not going to win. the. It's just the worst possible vibes you could have. If, if you're a Vikings fan and you see that, you're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose to the Lions. That is awful. There's a reason why the Lions are favored in this game. Like Vegas knows. This is like a Vegas knows kind of line to me. This is not an accident. This is not just the public betting this. They know the Vikings aren't as good. The Vikings, you look at like DVOA, like any of these advanced metrics, they're not as good as their record says they are. They're 9-0. and 9-0 and in one-point games. They're due. They're due for bad luck. You do not sustain success in one-score <laughs> games at that level to go 9-0. and You just do not. They're absolutely due. And the Lions have turned it around a little bit here. And their offense is cooking. And I and Jamison Williams is back. Didn't do much last week, but that was his first game. Maybe he's a little bit more involved this week. Mm-hmm. Give me the freaking Lions to cover two points. Well, I saw it was two and a half, but that's okay. I'll still I'm yeah, taking the Vikings. <laughs> I'm taking the Vikings here. Um You're so betting like... on Jalen Rager? <laughs> he's not gonna play at all. I'm not betting on Jalen Rager. The vibes are there, Jimmy. <laughs> And they're bad, <laughs> but yeah, the 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 bad Jalen Rager vibes. Uh, uh, I, we still, how do we still not know what the yeah what trade is going conditions? On? Come on, are on Howie, the, on the Jalen. Come on, you know what, Howie? I don't even, coward. I don't even need to break it myself. Just tell the Nationals, put it out there so we can sure. have a Jalen Rager tracker. I mean, come it, on. Like- it's not just for us. It's for the fans. The fans want to know this. The fans want to have a rooting interest and be involved. You're depriving the fans. Exactly. Stop depriving the fans. And they'll turn into Jalen Rager fans because it's right. some success metric for Jalen Rager. Right. Without knowing what it is, they'll just keep hating Jalen Rager. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like Vikings fans are going to root against him. They don't, they, you know, whatever. They don't, they're not super invested in that part of it. So I'm taking the Vikings because I do still think they're better than the Lions. Um, I am I'm, I'm with certainly Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. odds makers, whatever you want to call them, um, in terms of what you just said, they're not it's as good as their record line. would indicate. It, it, the, the line is very, it's a very interesting line. Or like line. a telling like, line, I should say. Maybe not fishy. Yeah. It's a telling line. Like, it's like, wait, why are they favorite? No, there's a reason why they're favorite. <laughs> yeah. But I do still think the Vikings are better. So I'm going to take the Vikings. And I'll also say, like, for Eagles fans out there, like, this is a perfect emotional hedge kind of bet to make where you take the Vikings. And if they win, then yay, money. And if they don't win, well, it helps the Eagles. And if they lose, if they lose by one, you get the best of both worlds. So there you go. go. Also good for the Eagles in terms of um, potentially an NFC East team falling out of the wild card picture. If the Lions continue to go on a run Mm -hmm. here, not likely, but it's possible. And keeping the Lions below the Saints pick in that draft order, which I think will happen anyway, but you know, we'll take it. Uh, and, you know, the one seed, like you said, the one seed, uh, more having more cushion for that. So, yeah, go Lions. Texans are 17-point underdogs in Arlington. Oh, that went up then. <laughs> yeah, 17-point favorites are the Cowboys at home. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Texans stink. They don't have anything going for them. The Cowboys, as we've seen, are very capable of putting up a ton of points. So I will take the Cowboys to cover and it's really an easy call to me. It's not a lot of points. It's not a lot of points to a Texans team that the other week was just down 30 to zero before the Dolphins put their backups mm-hmm. in like like early in the second half. So Texans stink. I'll take the Cowboys. 
Texans are pretty much tanking, I think, because why wouldn't Davis Mills be playing? Like, not that Davis Mills is good, but he hasn't back. been. I think they're he, putting he, him in again. Oh, they are. Okay. Because he has not been egregiously bad, but they benched him for Kyle Allen. Like, mm. GTFOH on that. <laughs> like, are What's you kidding point? me? What do you need to see from Kyle Allen? Uh, anyway, they're the worst team in the NFL. And let's be real. Like, Dallas is playing. Dallas is a good team. Um, and they can smash these weaker opponents, which I think they're going to do here. I hate laying this many points, but I also just can't get myself to, yeah. to take the Texans here either. So I guess I'll take the Cowboys and I'll lay the 17. The best reason you can say is it's the NFL and it's hard to cover that much. But that's just like, I don't yeah. know. That's not enough for me. Give me something to like hang your hat on with the Texans if you're going to take them. And I just don't think you can take no, anything other than. The, the the best thing I can say is the Cowboys have had some issues against the run and Damian Pierce mm-hmm. has looked good. So I don't know if he turns into like Walter Payton or whoever in this game, <laughs> right. maybe, but probably not. Uh, all right. That brings us to the Eagles versus Giants game where Giants are dangerous as an underdog. They have the best record in the NFL this year as an underdog, nine and three, or sorry, against the spread in total, nine and three. Yeah. And they're seven and one as underdogs against the spread. So They've been underdogs in eight games, huh? That's interesting. So, you know, kind of a dangerous position to be in, uh, (laughs) betting against Brian Dable in that sense. But I don't know, man. I just think the vibes have not been good with the Giants. I think this one three and one record in their five games is more telling of who they are now, more Mm -hmm. so than the team they were earlier in the year, kind of getting fortunate with these one score finishes, kind of like the Vikings have been, but it hasn't bit them yet. And there was that point when, who's coming out of their bye that they were playing the Texans and Lions next. And I said at the time, like, they're going to lose one of these two. They're just due for it. And sure enough, mm-hmm. they got crushed by the Lions. And uh, I think they're due for more losing. They don't have their identity that they were winning with earlier in the year with Saquon being great. And I know it's a division game. I know those can be tough. But uh, and I know they lost to the Giants last year at MetLife. But then again, they also beat them at the link. And I know the game is still on the road, but... I feel like Jalen Hurts is playing at such a high level. He's earned benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to take them to cover. I'm going to say it's going to be like a three to six point game somewhere around there, like late-ish. And then the Eagles go on one of these drives where they just close out the game and then they end up winning by like 10 to 13 points. Okay. Uh, I too have the Eagles. I too have the Eagles covering. And uh, for me, it's very simple. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a way better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Eagles have a better rushing attack. Eagles have a better passing attack. Eagles have a better pass rush. Eagles have a better, a way better uh, pass defense. The Eagles can also stop the run evidently better than, (laughs) I didn't even realize the Giants' uh, uh, inability to stop the run until you mentioned they were 30th in the NFL, uh, giving up 5.1 yards per carry or whatever it was Mm -hmm. um, before you said that. So the Eagles are pretty much better in every facet that you can pretty much summon up. Um, so, uh, yeah, give me the Eagles very simply, uh, to, to lay, I'll lay the seven. And, uh, I think they win this game very comfortably. Um, there have been times throughout the year where, you know, I've looked at, um, a very clearly inferior opponent and have kind of gone, oh, maybe they're not so bad. Like they're not as bad as I sort of expected them to be after taking a closer look. Like the Colts, for example, were, were that team earlier this year. And I kind of expected the Giants to not wow me of taking a closer look at them. Uh, leading up to this game. And I actually came away with a lesser opinion than them uh, when I had already kind of thought all year that they were, you know, a very overachieving, not as good as their record kind of team. They're just so banged up, you know, as we mentioned uh, throughout the the second segment, 
both in their secondary along their defensive line, uh, you know, kind of along their uh, offensive line, and then you th- at the wide receiver position, certainly. And then, of course, the the notion that Saquon Barkley could be slowing down because of his overusage earlier in the season. So I just don't see the Giants having really much, pa- like many paths uh, to winning this game. Certainly they can, but uh, the, paths to, the paths to winning this game are few and far between, I think. And uh, I think the Eagles are just a way far superior team. They have plenty to play for and uh, they're rolling right now. And I think they mm-hmm. keep it. And I think they keep, they keep it going. I agree. And it's really Eagles fans. are looking to take joy and giants fans pain. And this will be a painful loss for them because <laughs> they lose this game. They're like, Oh no. Like things are kind of, I mean, it's, I think it's been overall, you know, an encouraging season in terms of the arrow pointing up for the long term, but they lose this game. They drop to what seven, five, seven, and five one? and one. They'll, they'll be seven, five and one, along with the commanders who are on their bye. They have the commanders next week who are coming off their bye, and the game's at FedEx. So it's like I don't know. It's like they might, and if they don't win that game, then they're seven, six and one with a road game against the Vikings after that. Yeah. And it's just like, man, this slide could kind of really continue here if they don't win this game. So um, we yeah. should mention so they, that that schedule quirk too, by the way, where <laughs> like the Giants played the Commanders last week, and then. Uh, the Gi- the Commanders have a bye. <laughs> the Giants have to play the the best team in the NFL and the Eagles. Yeah. And then the, the Giants play the Commanders again. So the Commanders basically yeah. have been preparing for the Giants for like three straight weeks. <laughs> yeah. The Giants have to play the Commanders, then then the best team in the NFL, and mm-hmm. then the Commanders again. Whereas the Commanders play the Giants bye yeah. week. Giants. When does that ever happen? Where you play the uh, same the same team twice in a row? Uh, in their case, with the bye in between, but. That's crazy. That's like a yeah. major disadvantage to the Giants. And uh, I mean, nobody feels bad for the Giants, but uh, that is sort of a screw job by the NFL schedule makers there. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? Mm, I don't no. know. Uh, yeah, I'll pass on my final thought this week. How about that? Hmm. So I mentioned Redcrest uh, Kitchen here a couple of times. It's a place you should check out for dinner. They have really nice, good dinners there. I've been multiple times already. Very good. But in addition to that, they're doing the uh, day service uh, pickup or delivery chicken. So I think they're planning to do like, you know, the pieces of chicken like they used to in the future. Um, But right now they're just doing like chicken sandwiches, uh, their tenders, and then a popcorn chicken. And I tried some of all three, Jimmy, on Wednesday. And I have to say, the chicken tenders, especially to me, S tier. Are you familiar with that term? S tier? No. Yeah, S tier is above A. I forget oh, the, okay. uh, I think it's, um, if I'm not mistaken, sorry. Let me, I hope I'm not wrong about this. I think in some Eastern cultures, they have like S above A in terms of their grading system. Like that's okay. like the, 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 it's not just A. So yeah, it's S tier. It's elite. It's great. So get some of their tenders. You're going to. Certainly not regret doing that. That red crest popcorn chicken is hit and miss. I feel like I feel like uh, mm. a lot of times you get popcorn chicken. It's like basically just chicken skin. Hmm. But do they? Have, are you saying that they're they they got their popcorn chicken game down? Yeah. So I, t- the tenders to me were like the best thing. S tier, elite. Like would not hesitate to get them again. The popcorn chicken was under that. Very good. Not as good as the tenders to me, but still very good and definitely not just skin. And then chicken sandwich was very good. 
I'm more of a white meat guy. Sorry if this offends when it comes to dark meat over chicken. I, I like white meat, meat so, better, chicken better than dark yeah. meat. So myself. it's not bad, but it's just not like my, it's probably not going to be S tier for me. It's still like an A. It's an A chicken sandwich is very good. Don't get me wrong. But it's like not like, you know, the it's I, if I'm picking one of the three, I'm definitely getting the tenders again. Uh, they have a bunch of different kind of sauce options, too. So, yeah, that's my rank. All right. All right. This has been BGN Radio, which is powered by Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. You go to righttosellin.com, discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. I always like to say it doesn't cost you anything to go to the website. The website's free. You click around, you check things out, and then you use the discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. And then you buy in bulk, you're saving more. So do that. Help support the podcast. Uh, check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact this phone number. 856-906-9295. Follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kemsky, on Instagram at Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out the Bleeding Green Nation social accounts at Bleeding Green, at Bleeding Green Insta, at BGN underscore radio. And we will talk to you when the Eagles, well, after the Eagles go to the Meadowlands, North Jersey, not New York, it's North Jersey, if you didn't know that, and beat the Giants, advance to 12-2. and two. Sorry, 12-2, and two. geez, 12-1. and one. <laughs> They're going to win and lose in the same They're going to win and impressive. lose. Goodbye, everybody. B-G-N.